And a lot of it's just creating a structure and framework for athletes to start thinking in that way. Because I think it's if you start thinking in a really like, operational way, you can grow a lot and like have a clear vision, you can move forward towards it. But a lot of times, like athletes, it's like you're weirdly handheld and you're not forced to like be an owner owner of your life. Because like you have like coaches, parents, and then the pros, it's like everybody wants to help you. And then most of them it's like, okay, instead of being like, what do I want? And what am I clear on? And like, if I can help athletes get there more, whether or not they make it to the pros or not, they're going to be way better at life. Welcome to Footy Fellas. Welcome, welcome to Footy Fellas. Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago today. We're going to be talking soccer, talking life, playing games, playing mind games. We got a little something for you. That voice you heard in the intro is none other than NWSL player, Gotham FC midfielder, Elizabeth Eddy. We had an awesome combo with her in today's episode that you will be hearing, talking about the NWSL season, brand building, storytelling, growing the league, the Gotham rebrand, Gotham culture, and some dope projects she's been working on. And we really just got a taste of her view on life and entrepreneurship and, and business. So such a well-rounded chat and really exciting, really exciting. So definitely stick around for that. We're all here today, gents, together in a room in Chicago. It's fantastic. Had a great time here in Chicago. Thanks for hosting me. And I'm ready for this episode, ready to kick it off and all be in the same room. It's funny that it's taken us this long. We've we've literally done more than a year of recording. Yep, year and a half, almost, almost. And we've uh, this is the first time that we're actually all together using one mic. We're, we don't have to wear headphones. We don't have to look at each other through like pixelated screens. We are in person. This is the first one live. Usually, we've been recording our tracks separately. Like each of us will just try to go off of what we think the other person will say. Like Icy will just record the pod by himself. Then we will record a separate one, and then it's a lot of editing to like match it all up, like a ton of editing. Uh, so this feels much more natural. It'd be way better for you editing-wise. So it's a big That's win. true. Big, big win. That's true, and it's more fun to look at each other headphoneless. Yeah, I feel like so much of what we say, we're usually like, because you know, it's you and me a lot together. So Icy will say something, and we'll look at each other like, oh my god, that was so stupid. And then conversely, Icy, when he's listening to us, he's just like making hand fit like he's just like oh these guys are what are they saying what's going maddie's in the room with you just like yep. these guys you have to work with these guys on this exactly tough but we now will. now we have to do it in front of each other now we have to roll our eyes in front of each other we we hit up the fire game together that was a pretty pretty fun experience last night yeah it was great our first mls game experience of the season in person very fun and the chicago fire arguably had their best game of the season did you guys think? without it like we got spoiled um, whenever we when we post this today or tomorrow, uh, it was the game against Atlanta, Atlanta United, 3-0. Um, it was also, for context, if you're not a big Chicago Fire fan, this was like the quote-unquote like home opener in a way. It was like full capacity. You could have as many people. It's Soldier Field, so it wasn't completely packed, but it was noticeably rowdy in there. I thought that the atmosphere was perfect. We got fireworks in the game and fireworks after the game. Nice. Double whammy. 
The new, the new Chicago had a big win, so the city wanted to show off a little bit for the team. We were saying that before in the train over. It's just awkward to have a massive fireworks show after a loss. Like, if they had gotten smacked, and then there was just a fireworks show, and they had to play the same hype video and everything, it's just totally different vibes. Totally different vibes. The, um, and, and for context, the first fireworks that we saw, we saw two waves of fireworks. We saw the fireworks that were seemingly put on by the Chicago Fire. So it was in the stadium, coming out from the top of the stadium. And they were like little poofs, little little individual fireworks going off. And they changed the angle. Sometimes they go diagonal. It was like kind of like, oh, okay, this is lame. And then and then if so, if that had been if that had been like the end of the game, we lost 3-0. And then they did these little <laughs> top that have been in, adding insult to injury. The fire looks great. Ali Seda, number seven, Ignacio for the fire. He man of the match. Obviously, he had two goals and an assist, and looked great. And you were saying earlier, I see Atlanta dominated at first, and somehow, even with less possession throughout the game, Chicago pulled it together. Yeah, for the first 30 or so minutes after we got there, saw kickoff, possession was 70-30 to 30 for Atlanta. And we were on the Atlanta defensive side, so we saw two goals right in front of us and in the supporter section, which was awesome. But, you know, watching the defense of Atlanta play from the back, and then they just maintained possession so much, we, we didn't think it was going to turn out the way it did at first, for sure. And it was perfect. It was it was a perfect way to get like I don't know. Everything was aligned. The fellas were together. We had some other friends with us. We had a nice kind of crew. Nice fire. Evening. The fr- the weather was perfect. I see. The weather was perfect. It had been a scorcher during the day, but at night it was like low eighties, high seventies. No sun. You know, it was kind of like this overcast, like but beautiful, like nice nice background of the city. It was a great great summer evening. And we got patches. They were giving away patches of the new fire crest, and it's it's nice to have it in your hands because you can see the images online. We can rate it on our Instagram, but to have physical patches that we can uh, tattoo now onto our body is going to be huge. That's how they work. You take a steam iron and you put that on your arm and you steam it on there, and it's not coming off. And that's like season tickets worth at least. <laughs> like you can get in if you have a fire tattoo from the patch. All admittance to every game, basically. They just scan the patch. You're in. You're in. <laughs> Do you put it like on your hand? You like, are the hand. You put it. It could like, be anywhere, you know. I've seen. You were thinking about right butt cheek, lower butt cheek. Yeah, both. that's totally fine. They, right. They'll just scan that. Okay, cool. So, might be a little awkward in the line, but they get it though. If you're a big fan, like that's where you they get. Yeah, maybe a little love. Love yeah. yeah. No, yeah. We also live streamed a game together. Live streamed two games, two Euro 2020 games. Great quarterfinal matchups, uh, and we we did live streaming for the first time on YouTube. That was a lot of fun. It was great. What we do, Belgium versus Italy, and then Denmark versus Czech Republic. Czech Republic. That guys, the second so both live streams. One, if you're listening to this and haven't seen a live stream, it's it's. I think we do a great job production wise, and I and I'm saying that non biased. Like I, you know, don't know anything about live streams, but guys, we put on a great live stream. Genuinely, genuinely, we have great graphics. We have some great banter. And I think if you're watching the game, I think having us in the background is not a bad, not a bad you know sound soundboard to hear things. I'd rather hear us than a paid commentator on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Arlo White, or that's like a meme. That's a thing of Arlo White. Like is less than the fellows. Wow. And that's the live. Then all three that's of us. That's the whole live stream ads. I think we're one step below official Twitch streamers in terms of their setup. They have like the full camera. They got the whole room. I mean, that's their livelihood. So for a couple of fellas who podcast that you're listening to now who are getting into the streaming game, it's pretty high quality. Yes. It's pretty good stuff. And everyone that joined, it was awesome. A lot of good banter. 
Uh, a lot of people subscribing to the channel. Yeah, super international. We had a, we had a, we had, um, a couple from England. South Africa. South Africa. Uh, I think we had Netherlands, Netherlands too, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's crazy to see what you can kind of interact with. And, and how many people in total do we, do we get interacting with that second one? We had like 800 people, 800 folks during the live stream. And then because it goes up on YouTube and it's still up on YouTube, you can just watch the live stream that happened already with that video. We've had like 3,000 something views. So super exciting for us. We want to do a lot more live streams. We want to do some like community live streams that get voted on which mm-hmm. game we watch as a, a FOF community. Yeah, sort of a game of the week we've been, we've been thinking about. Should be great. Yeah, it, we have a good time. It. You know, we have a new perspective now, talking for two hours, talking continuously for these games. It's uh, it's fun. It makes the podcast seem easy, like forty-five minutes. Something about the two hours. Maybe it's just consistent. You gotta, yeah. you gotta be talking. Like you right. gotta, you know, if someone joins the live stream, you want to make sure there's something to, to follow and, and be a part of that's going on, that's active. There's something about that rush. We didn't talk about this, but when you're when we first start and you see the amount of eyes that are on the thing. Mm-hmm. And it starts to dip down, and so then we pick up our energy a little bit to kind of like help bring and bring people on. And so we're like, it's this constant cat and mouse game of trying to grow the eyes on the on the top left corner, the eyes, the amount of people who are on the um, listening to the or watching the live stream. Um, so that's kind of like a fun. I can see that getting intoxicating, intoxicating. Like we're yeah. just we're addicted to that and the rush of it. Absolutely. Yeah. T- Taylor Twelman shaking in his boots. We might be taking. <laughs> yeah. The the we world can taking over. Yeah. We don't need him anymore. We watched afterwards, we watched a bit of the Gotham FC Kansas City game, NWSL game, and that was pretty entertaining as well. A couple of great goals. If you haven't seen the highlights, it finished 1-1, a late goal from Kansas City that was just really nice play from one of their midfielders or forwards who poked it around a defender and then first time uh, hit it into the goal. Obviously not great for Gotham, um, but awesome. We just chatted with Elizabeth earlier this week. Then we watched Gotham. She got some some time there at the end of the game, and just an all around good game. Um, so that's my that's my transition into this chat with Elizabeth, which, as we said, super worthwhile. Really covered just the humanity behind playing in the NWSL, the business side of the NWSL, and then also the Gotham rebrand culture. A lot of soccer soccer perspective there as well. So stay tuned, listen in, and enjoy. We're super excited to introduce Elizabeth Eddy, NWSL midfielder, Swaz House founder, Cali native, and good vibe bringer. After starring as a two-sport athlete at USC, lacrosse, and soccer, she went to play for numerous NWSL teams, including the Western New York Flash, North Carolina Courage, and now Gotham FC. We're pumped to talk about the 2021 NWSL season, the Gotham FC rebrand and culture, and hear about some of the projects she's working on. Elizabeth, welcome to the pod. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super stoked to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we saw doing our, our preliminary research, we saw that you've been attending some uh, Islanders games and making the most of your New York experience. How's that been? <laughs> I honestly, it's been so fun. Like a couple of my teammates are from the area and like getting to hang out with them and, and they just like know what to do. And I honestly think every new city you go to, it's like meet the locals, find the people that know the place. And then you just like get a lot more of an authentic experience. And then we'll probably fall in love with the city or the area more so than like the tourist attractions on Google, which sometimes you just gotta do too. Are there, are there players on the team that are particularly savvy with the New York area? Um, I mean, 
what my teammate went to the Islanders game with um, Ali Long. She's from Long Island, so that was like she just knows Long. She just got traded here, so it was kind of like a a lot. And I'm getting to know her. She's one of my good friends, but it, like, she's definitely from the area. And then we had like a handful, probably like five plus girls from Jersey. So we definitely have a lot of like local Jersey vibes. And Jersey people are very um, different than like you know New York people or Connecticut. Like it's just there's like, they don't like to leave. And I'm like, come on, let's go. Nah, nah Jersey. <laughs> And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, Jersey. Like, what about like come to California? Yeah, yeah, I want to come. They never come. Like every off season, like guys, you're welcome. Oh yeah, yeah, I really want to come. Just don't show up. And you're like, all right. Like I guess you just really are homebodies, and like that's fine. I just growing up in California too. I'm like, mom and dad, you ruined me. My upbringing was so much fun and like insane. And everywhere I've traveled, like nothing's even close. So if I ever get my Jewish friends to come visit, honestly, I'd probably convince them to live there. So it's kind of like I get why you won't leave your parents. Would probably be upset if you left and then got convinced to live in California. That's like a great kept secret about New Jersey, maybe that people from Jersey just love staying in Jersey. Yeah. No, it, and I was kind of shocked. I was like, "Oh, you're from Jersey? Like, where should we go on Long Island? Where should we like?" And they're like, "No, we we like Jersey. Like, we'll go down the shore. <laughs> it's cool. Like, I'm in California. I like to travel the world. Like, I don't know. It's just a different mindset towards life of like more outward thinking and like go have new experiences that challenge you, like like humble you, like expose you to things, or just like I like stable, steady." I don't know. Just different. It's not wrong. It's just different. And I'm like, oh, okay. So they'll show you the best spots in Jersey as long as it's within the uh, the borders. Yeah, if you stay in the borders of Jersey, like we're good. Like, okay. <laughs> I will say, like, I like Jersey when I'm more so when I'm with them because otherwise I'm like, why can't I do left turns? Why are you making me pay for the beach? I do not understand that. Why are there so many tolls? Like, but like, as I'm hanging out with them more, it's like, oh, like there's some really cool parts. And Jersey is really beautiful in some areas. It is called the Garden State. But then there's like, a lot of things i'm like what's happening in the state i do not understand so fair to say you miss cali at least a little bit it sounds yeah. like you have a special place in your heart for but i do say i love new york city a similar reason why i, I like love california and like traveling because like new york city i feel like it's like a the whole world comes there like anything and everything can happen like there's so much like dynamic like interaction and like opportunity there that i'm like this is what life's about like being challenged, being like forced to do things that you're uncomfortable with. Like, I just think it's really, really cool. And, and New York city has that and Jersey's less of that. But I mean, honestly, cities are cool. Like Chicago's cool. Uh, I was going to say, just making sure Chicago's on the <laughs> Chicago's top, top three, top five. Where, 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 where are we landing? <laughs> Chicago's definitely in the area of like, I'm interested because it's like, again, like people like build businesses, have ideas, like build, like, like build physical infrastructure, build like anything. Like people are doing things where a lot of other places it's like, oh yeah, like stable life and that's fine. Just, I think you can have a stable life and also build things. Just a lot of people aren't like, I think it's like a mindset too. Like in bigger cities like Chicago, LA, New York City, like even San Francisco, like it's like, what do you, like the world's your oyster. Here's a blank slate, go design it. Like go make something happen where like a lot of the world's kind of just like, yeah, well, I, I had food today and I, I, made it on time to work and i'm like okay like come on have a pulse or something. i think we've seen that spirit that you're talking about and embodying right now in some of the projects you've been working on which we're excited to to get to and hear more about uh in a little bit let's start with this nwsl season obviously the challenge cup happened it was very exciting i think it built off a lot of the momentum from last year's challenge cup when we were glued to it especially this year getting excited again Gotham happened to crush it and, you know, come out with a bang and make a serious run. What was that experience like? And how did you as a team try to carry that momentum into the regular season afterwards? Um, that's a really great question. 
So the experience of like the Challenge Cup, I think last year was a really great thing that like our new commissioner, Lisa Baird, got together because the world was in COVID. Nobody was doing it. It was like, hey, let's get the first sport back in America. Did it. It was awesome. They got a lot of sponsorship deals. It was like on TV and whatnot. Um, then running it back this year was cool. It was interesting because we came into preseason like end of January or like February 1. And then we didn't have our first game, I think, till April. So like it's like a very, very, very long preseason. And then to have games like Challenge Cup was like just great to have. Because, like, it got you, like, hey, we've been training for, like, three or four months. Like, let's, like, what is what we've been training on, like, paying out on the end of the game? Like, are we winning games? Are we losing games? Like, what do we need to be doing? How do we address? And the more games you have, kind of the better you get over time. Um, and Challenge Cup was just awesome because it's, like, almost like a preseason tournament. And, like, you get to play pretty much, like, half the league teams in the league, go to the finals. And, like, for our team, like, even just, like – how we've developed i got on the team in 2019 halfway through the year i asked to get traded from north carolina and like i got here for four months we had four different coaches next year happened was covid and then like this year so it's just been a ton of transition but like i will say like there's been a lot of like like good that's happening but at the same time so much like and this is like very much off soccer like like off field stuff it's like a lot of development and that's been really good but there's just like a lot to keep growing at so like at times when that's not like really dialed and cleaned up like the players like you just have to deal with a lot of other stuff that's like not ideal but like i'd say like women's sports is getting a lot more like professional and like how it's being run and like these things are appropriate these things aren't let's keep becoming more professional because then they like it's it's a business like we're a product we're an entertainment company and like if you're not doing your job of entertaining like you're gonna lose money at the end of the day so like i think if that mindset's aware like our business will keep growing in that direction and i think like some of our ownership's really good in going that direction. So like that's been really cool off the field, on the field, like just like we have a lot of talent on our team, like a lot of great players that can play a lot of different positions. And like we've had a lot of transition lately, like our assistant coach just left, but like like getting cleaner, cleaner and more like I'd say like dialed on like our brand or style of play and like how we want to play soccer has been like really cool to watch that grow. And like it's literally getting better and better like in the past weeks even. So that's been like really fun. Um, To get into the finals was awesome. To lose was really, really, really not cool. I was so pissed because my coach was like, hey, you ready to play in the game tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, my hamstring's tied. I'm out. She's like, what the F? And I was like, uh, like, I'm sorry. I really wish I like, but I'm not going to tear it. Like, I have to, like, respect my body, which as a pro is, like, the hardest thing. Like, you work your whole life to, like, play. And then if you, like, you know your body. And if you're not honest with yourself, you push through. You tear a hamstring, tear something. Like, ruin, ruin your ankle. Like, it's not worth it to push through for a moment. But, like, still, I'm like, man, that was a really tough one to, like, give up. But, like, you have to do what's right for your body which I am proud of myself for doing, but it sucked because I'm like, I would have been, I would have taken a PK. I would have scored. We would have won, but like, let it go next time. We have Run, runs through our heads as athletes. All every, the, all the every, I mean, especially these days, you know, we missed the men's league game because, <laughs> Hey, my ankle's a little sore. So I'm not, I'm not risking it for the, the two, the two sessions of games that Tweaked I my back getting out of bed. Right. You that know. I've paid money to go <laughs> and one. play on this. T- no, no, no. You have more real, yeah. yeah. Real injury. Problems. We're, we're messing around. You're totally legitimate, but, but you did speak to the, I think the business aspect of, of the game and how the NWSL is undeniably growing. Um, and popularity with TV ratings, as well as just generally on social media. I think we're engaging with it all the time, if not directly and directly. Do you as a player, do you see that? Do you feel that? Do you experience that? Uh, yeah, yeah, to in directly, yes. I very much feel the growth in the sense of like how, how it's even being treated, how it's being talked about on social media. And I would say a big part of it is like the narratives they're choosing to build. And I also think like – I believe the world's based on like story and narrative. And like, that's a lot of like how people are emotionally engaged in, and transformed and, and grown and whatnot. And I think even more, like I would double down extra. I'd be like, we need like people making more content about every player on the team. Like the more you tell stories, the more there's 
like we're in an attention economy. So where people's attention goes, that's where there's opportunity. So like go make content so that people's attention can be there. And that, cause that's your business. Like where a lot of times it's like, oh, I'm a person, I'm an athlete. It's like, yeah, you're, you're an athlete, but you're, you're again, your job is your personality, your play. And like a lot of times you have a hard time dissociating that like as players, but even as like ownership and like how the ownership goes about like communicating those types of things. So like from a business perspective, it's growing so much. And like, we can feel like we like, just like opportunities, like types of sponsors. Like we have Verizon, we have Budweiser, we have like big TikTok sponsors. Like you, you just have like big name brands that are like involved. Like, wait, this is sick. Like it's just legitimizing the sport more. And like, as that happens, like I'm hoping it'll be more most focused on like merit-based. Like let's do it because it's like, quality not get distracted with like let's like force people to do these things and share this stuff it's like no no what does the athlete want to share and have them share that and like not making a group think which can happen a bit and it's like kind of let's try to balance that in my opinion how do you see the growth of nwsl progressing in the next couple of years do you see anything drastic happening or any any giant leaps and bounds or is it a steady growth um i think that all come down and hinge on like the commissioner's decisions and the owner's decisions and I think that runs back into like the business concept of like, do you understand that the world shifted really, really quickly to like attention economy story? And like, are you telling stories enough or well? And like, if, if, if for, for example, hypothetical, if the owner's like, hey, I get this, I'm going to over-index here. I'm going to hire 10 people that are videographers and 10 people that are photographers. And they're going to be paired up and they're going to follow like two or three players around like three to five times a week and like just straight up make content, like vlog style. You do like long form pillar content, you strip it into like tweets, like, like real, like whatever, like, are you going to produce this and like make your business a business that's going to make money? We're like on our team, our stadium is Red Bull Arena, it seats 25,000 people. If you did that style of like, we're going to hire 20 people and like make this a content business paired with like the quality of the, what's happening, like the product of like, technically this is a great thing. You'd sell out 25,000 people every single game in six months, I believe. But like, again, like I'm. I would say my risk tolerance is very high and I'm like, oh, I'm willing to invest and do this if I was the owner. Obviously right now I'm not. One day I'd hope to be an owner of a lot of things, but like we're not there yet. That's such an awesome point. We both work in advertising and so it rings especially true and would love to see, you know, it's kind of meta because that's what we're doing here together is like creating content yeah. and, you know, getting your thoughts and everything. But I'm getting excited just hearing about that idea of like, yeah, put out more production, put out more, you know, behind the scenes and WSL, more players stories, you know, build the brand, build the stories around the league. It went to me, I'm really fascinated by like diversity of thought. So I'm like, let's tell more stories that like, aren't the same narrative like tell like each player on the team is so unique they come from different parts of the world of the country like tell their story don't tell the story that fits the narrative you're trying to craft like like i get it but at the same time like there's so many different stories to tell like why not tell all of them there's 22 girls on the team like that's not that many people like and then tell them over time as they grow like every player has got a different like temperament different personality different willingness to be open with like content but like if i'm the owner i'm like hey like i want to leave you after you're on my with my club for one year to five years, 10 years, I want you to have built up a, you're like, you're your own business after you leave. Like, I want to set you up for that in life. Cause like not even women's sports, men's sports, like any sport, the more you like tell stories and have your own, like, I don't know if it is brand, but like you're your own like entity, the more opportunity you have in every single area. So I, I just, I'm like, man, we're just leaving so much on the table. I, I actually, our, our owner was like, Hey, like he came in the other day. He's like, Hey, like, like you guys, any ideas on like growth for the next couple of years? Like, let me know. We really want to double down. And I was like, okay, I'll call you Ed. So I'm going to call him and tell him all this stuff, but here you guys get it first. <laughs> get an extra listener on the pod. If you, you point him our way, point him to footy. <laughs> That's so awesome. Is that, 
normal that the owners would be looking to players to help, you know, promote the team, promote these bigger picture club goals? Um, that hasn't happened since I've been here. It happened like at the beginning of 2020 before everything like going on a sideways bender for about a year, but like he, he's came like, the other day and it was awesome. So like it, our team's in a really unique situation and there's some things I can't speak about, but like he's was with us at the training the other day and I was like, this is sick. Have you, um, so I'm, I feel I, I, like the more that we talk with professional athletes, the more that we get your inside take on the team, the culture of the league, I'm always fascinated to learn how much they know about the business or how much they know about the content side of, of the organization. Um, Elizabeth, have you always been fascinated with um, that angle of, of the NWSL of what soccer can be to the populace? Or is this something that's kind of newer that's happened in your life? Um, I mean, I would probably say I haven't been actionable on it because I would say I I don't really know fully why I think I just like to have a lot of fun in different areas of life, but like I understand like business principles pretty well. I did study business in college and my dad's like a, a really good businessman. And I like when I was 13, he would bring me to like business meetings with like 10 other adult men and make speak up. And I was like, what? He's like, I don't care what you speak up. And, and then I'm like forced. I just say, he's like, say your opinion. What do you think about what they said? And then I'll say it. And then like, it forced me to like, Oh, like anybody has a voice. You need to speak up. And then, and then reckon with people like don't just say random stuff like listen to what they said and then like if you have an opinion or a thought or a question ask again and then they're like oh you're engaged and like it was just like how my dad and mom raised me to be like use your brain like you were given a brain you're a human like you have so like the biggest who as a human is like free agency free will choice like are you why are you not using it everybody go do that more so like that like really put me into a position of like asking a lot of questions and then in the nwsl like i think my first year in the league i was like on a representative to like the from our team to the league to be on calls with the commissioner. And I remember having a question. I was like, Hey, so what's the problem? Like, why are we not growing? Do you need more rich people? Like what do you want me to, I, I would love to get on the phone with a bunch of billionaires and be like, Hey, like this is the deal. And in my head, I'm like, if you're leading a league, why are you not like, okay, so um, you're, I want 10, 20 teams in the league. I'm going to have a billionaire in every ownership group with a couple of millionaires. You're going to have a 10 year investment and you're, or if you don't commit to 10 years, you're not in, you're going to invest three to five million a year at year seven. You will start making money. You will lose for seven years, but if you're seven to 10, you'll make insane amount of money and you'll change the world because you create an opportunity investment. But like, okay, so you need what? $50 million. Like you're not investing unless you have $50 million sitting in your bank account and your ownership group. And one of you needs to like be to the point where it's like, I can cover it and everybody else freaks out. So like, but again, if I'm a commissioner, I'm like, I'm going to do that. So that and I'm over there like, I will happily get on the phone and make phone calls. And the woman goes, voila, we're doing great with our, our staff of three people. And I said, that's not my question. Like, what's the vision? Like, where are we going? Oh, we're doing great. And I'm like, and, and at that point I was like, okay. Like, and then I, sometimes I think committees get really like wasteful of time and like circular reasoning, keeping minutes. And I was like, all right, like I'm happy to not be involved in the committees because it doesn't seem to be doing much. And then my, I would say plan of attack has been like, go build business outside of it. And then one day, like have enough money to be an owner and like build leagues and whatnot. Like that's what I would like to do. That's so interesting. Yeah. And, and I mean, the leagues obviously moved in that direction. That was when you started in the yeah. league and, and now we've angel city and Louisville and, and Kansas yeah. city and all these new, new clubs, which is awesome. Do you think there's truly more parity in the league, especially with how the table looks these days and you know, how results have been? Yes. And no, I think, I played on North Carolina for a couple of years. So I think they're like the culture they built and like how like 
the coach of the team and like had his vision was very clear and like this is how we're going to be and that worked really well but I think as times pass like there's a lot of like talent coming into the league so now it's like you don't get a monopoly on all the best athletes like when I was there it was like myself and like he like you the our strength community guys like you and other eight girls on the team are the fastest like the top 15 fast girls in the league like you're just athletically have a corner on the market so like that's a little hard to compete against when you're like there's not the game hasn't developed much. and I would even say in the past two years like the game sophistication level has just increased which is so fun to be a part of so like even like different positions like like outside backs were kind of like quarterbacks now like they're attacking and it's been the back there's even men's sports but it's just like the game's evolved a lot and gotten to like a lot higher of a level across the board so it's like now it's like oh if you're don't have the athleticism what else are you bringing to the table and like how can a coach use that and so like how good the coach is is going to be dependent upon how well the team performs based on their talent pool so like our team's doing really well and we've had like working through a lot of stuff with like a lot of changes recently but it's like all right like rock with it and if you're good at making decisions on the fly and like helping build a team and the culture is really important like you win that's something that both casual fans and folks that don't watch nwsl at all but follow soccer might not recognize too just like in every both in every sport and in every part of the game and the, the men's game and everywhere else like the play style is changing what's required is changing like performance athlete you know each position all of that is uh, under such big shifts the, and the incredible nuanceness of each position and like a person like knowing their genetics and what they can be good at or the us is like nobody's talking about that i'm like what <laughs> like okay like that's fine and that's kind of where like the swaz house stuff like what i'm trying to build there i'm like that's like what i want to do and i'm like really excited for that but it's like okay we'll see how it goes because it's like a way of it's like teaching a way of thinking and being based on like a high level self-awareness and a lot of people just choose to be unaware all the time can you for the uninformed people listening to the pod all 50 million of them could you explain swaz house uh the genesis of it and um and, and what you're hoping to do okay so great question swaz house um basically it's the word swaz is like a New Zealand phrase shortened for sweet ass. So it's kind of like this concept, this vibe, this emotion, this like energy of like good vibes, like in a like calm and confident state of being. And like, that's like what I'd want athletes to be able to like live out of and to get there. There's like a lot of different pieces. So like one part of it's like, I'm going to be doing like a podcast and we've been doing it on like a called something called beam, which is like a hologram thing. So you can like, it's like screen record on a green screen. And then there's like the audio, which I haven't even had time to like process and put it onto like podcasting and stuff, but like, we'll get it on this hologram app, which is like kind of sick, but like long story short, it's like interview other pro athletes. Like, how do you like build your confidence? What do you do like off the field, on the field? Like what's your lifestyle like? And how, like, what is that helped you get to where you are? Like how much of it is your genetics? How much of it is like things you've willfully done? Like there's so many layers there. And then underneath that is like, what makes you confident as a person? Like half the time it's like, go have more fun. Like stop being so stressed. Like there's just so many layers to that. And like at the end of the day, if every human look more confident, they're like coming from a place of not being insecure. And when people are insecure, so they're like mean and like destructive. So like if we can like help people get to the place of like, I want like I'm secure and like safe and clear on who I am. Like I can like play great or be great. and like add value to the world. So that's like the concept behind it. Um, I'm building out this like, what's the right word? Like almost like, personal assistant ai software thing that like for like athletes that like want to like call it high school to college college to pro it's like how do i like how can i get better as a soccer player specifically at the start it's like cool i wouldn't like you'd almost have like a type form where it's like or like a, a typing system that's like okay I, like for me i'm like five five i'm like strong and athletic and really explosive and cool and good at dribbling okay what players would that like line up with like if i'm looking at the women's game it'd be like to be near crystal dunn and if looking at the men's game it's like eden hazard and messi so then it's like cool mm. like i that's who 
who I am, how can I look at their game and like what parts of it I like I want to build into? And then if it's somebody who's like six feet tall, really like good in the air and like whatever, like, okay, I'm going to look at like De Bruyne or, or like Sam Mewis. Like, so it's like basically building on this concept and then helping athletes at a young age be like, okay, this is who I am. Now, how can I grow into these things as a skill set, like as a player? And a lot of it's just creating a structure and framework for athletes to start thinking in that way. Because I think it's if you start thinking in a really like, operational way, you can grow a lot and like have a clear vision. You can move forward towards it. But a lot of times like athletes, it's like you're weirdly handheld and you're not forced to like be an owner, owner of your life. Cause like you have like coaches, parents, and then the pros, it's like everybody wants to help you. And then most of them is like, okay, instead of being like, what do I want? And what am I clear on? And like, if I can help athletes get there more, whether or not they make it to the pros or not, they're going to be way better at life. So like, that's like the Swaz house things. Like that's a piece of it. There's like a lot of layers to it, but I'm like building it out right now. So I'm super stoked on it. That's dope. Awesome. I yeah. love it. That's a great idea. So, <laughs> so ideal target is like younger athletes or current professional athletes who want to bring this, this added, you know, value, this next level to their game in this personalized way. Yeah. And so it's like a weird way to where like, because of the framework and the structure is, it's like, it's like, all it is is really giving you a structure and framework to like start building your life through and, and like almost asking you questions that like put you like, oh, what's the answer to that? Like, let me move towards that. Let me move towards that. And like, everyone's journey is different. Everyone's like visions different. And like, I like, really believe every person was like made by God with incredible talents and unique gifts. But like, unless you like look at yourself and like taste and see what makes you come alive and like grow into that, like you're going to be spinning and spinning in circles, trying to fit into boxes that the society puts you in. So it's like, like ignore the rest of it. and like, find what works for you. And then like keep growing it. And the framework that I'm building is like, allows you to do that. Cause it's almost like a daily check-in where you like, will be part of this thing. This is the vision. How did I get towards it? Does it not like, and so it's kind of like almost accountability, but like something that's super hands-free and like, individual driven like i'm not going to talk to the people they can use this thing and like it will help them become what they want to be but they can see you in ai in their living room like you could be like you know with them personally yeah and then i'll probably end up doing things or something where like weekly i'll like hop on calls of like let's answer questions live like let's do it like zoom record it and then if you miss it you can like look it on archives but it's like i want to help you guys just be the best you can be as an athlete and as a person like let's go figure that out Hundred percent. That um, uh, I have no question. I'm just going to ramble here. Uh, the 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 aspect of having an idea of who you could be or what you could be or what you're trying to emulate, and then operationally trying to play into that, you know, star or athlete, whomever, is is such a. It's it, like you nailed it for me personally. Reflecting, I had never identified another player that I really thought that I was or could be near. And I don't think I really put a ton of effort into thinking about it. I really watched a ton of soccer. I played a ton of FIFA. Um, I felt like I played a lot, but I didn't have a player that I really thought of. And um, it, it, it makes your own growth that much more directed and effective and maybe, you know, more like the higher trajectory. If, if I had had a player that I really, aligned with that I really thought and identified and I could play after. Um, did you, when you were younger, did you have similar players that you had looked up to or was that a thing that was missing from your, from your youth? I would say that was totally a thing that I didn't really do. And like in the past year or so, I've like become much more of this, like, if you don't like get clear what you want, you're not going to get it. And now it's like, cool. As a player, like, what do I want to over-index? I'm like, oh, I want to get really, really good at like seeing the field, dribbling, I'm like being able to be like creative on the ball and passes and then like score goals. Cool. What does that look like? And like, 
like so then it's like okay because those are my goals on that how is my training off outside of my team how's my training with my team like what are my objectives like i'm going to train today okay and my goal is to like when the opportunity is right dribble at least one or two people and score and then otherwise you're like passing playing simple like setting the tone or not but like whatever it is you want to work on like go do it and like there's a part where even like i've like always kind of like been like i kind of want to do this but like if i'll say it in the wrong phrasing like coaches be like oh dribbling's not good or like it sounds so selfish it's like again like it's not about like their perspective of those definitions of those words it's like you as a player what are you good at and then do that and do it well and then so it turns to me like watching like last night i was like watching even hazard like what is he when is he doing that what positions on the field is he starting to do that what positions is he making passes or like messy or like Paula Duvall, like what players are you trying to be like? And like, what do they do? And it's almost like get it, making it really like clear and organized. So it's like literally a field, soccer field. And there's like, I don't know, you could break it up into like the channels and then like the, everybody's different words, but like different like levels. And like in this quadrant, like what are actions that are taken by the position that you play? Cool. What are the actions of the player? That's your, like, if you will, genetic bucket. Cool. Go do that. And like, and like, there's no right or wrong, but it's like, have that like freedom to create and create that margin or space in your life so that you can go do that like so I don't, i'm not gonna go tell my coach like i'm working on dribbling today like they would be annoyed and distracted and be like don't do that the team's about this it's like it's not about yet yeah, at team practice your job is to like what can i do learn the team tactic better to help the team win games but within that even just to like be more effective on the field like every half i feel like there's one or two players on both teams that are like oh they're making a difference like every half of every game it's like how can you be that player well, everybody could be a player, but all they have to do is like learn what it is they're really good at and then find opportunities to do that. Otherwise, if you're trying to do things you're average at, like no, <laughs> you're not really helping your team. And, and then a lot of times players are like, coach said to only go end line. And then they just force it end line versus being like, coach said to go end line probably because it's not on, but when the defense adjusts, like am I adjusting off that? But like there needs to be that like confidence individually to like keep calling audibles. And, and a lot of athletes don't have that. And I think the more you like think about how to do it, before you're on the field, the more you'll be able to make those decisions when the time's right. It's great advice for any young, everyone to just reflect on, and especially younger athletes that are trying to figure out how to raise their game, how to keep working on their game for, for anyone yeah. listening, for sure. Yeah. It's also, I mean, it's applicable to my day-to-day life. I think working in advertising, working whatever job you do, I think you need to be able to have the that dual um, directionality that is, you know, you're following the team's goals, but you're also intentional about what you are doing and how you are going to improve such that when you encounter a situation where you need to make a decision on what is the correct way to handle it, do you follow the the team narrative all the time that you've been coached all, like this is the way this needs to be done 100%? Or is there a nuance here where you need to realize, hey, I have to call the audible. I have to do my own way. I have to go my own way for the betterment of the entire team. Um and that's building that confidence, that that belief in yourself. You've been working on your uh, your perfectly weighted through balls during conference calls, and even yeah, though even yeah. though it's not there yet, you haven't figured out how to incorporate it. <laughs> right, but you're getting there. Right, you're getting there. Right. Let's let's talk a little Gotham. Uh, just to to move to this last section, I want to be aware of your time. First of all, Gotham FC. Everyone, I think everyone I know loves the name, loves the kits. What do you think? Do you do you feel that that joy, that energy for it? I am fully aware of how much the fans and everybody else love it. And I think that's great. Um, I think it's cool. Like, I mean, we, we all voted and it, it, it turned out to be Gotham. So I think there's a lot of people's opinions that factored into the vote, not just players. And, and at the end of the day, like, again, it's a business. So as a player's opinion, like, it doesn't matter. Like not really. And if a player is like being smart and it behooves them, it's like, what is, what do the people want? Give the people what they want and then like own it and roll into that. So like, that's, not to like burst the bubble but that's 
my most it's a good honest take. diplomatic well, diplomatic no, no it's, i think fair. it's not dip- i think it's a good honest take like the diplomatic thing is to be like it's a incredible of course like amazing but this yeah. is the more real take that it's good it's good you're not hating on it but you're just saying like hey here's, here's like because like, honestly like gotham's sick but it's also like gotham like my first thought's like batman yeah. like what are where's the cat like or are we cat like and now like that's my again like as it, i'm i don't know what watched comics when i was a kid i don't know so it's like oh that's my first thought at the same time though i'm like oh well pairs well with new york city like that's actually kind of sick so like, i think it's like there's a lot of feelings about that i think it's really interesting to go but at the end they like we've got to run with it and like i do like in theory that it's just different like no other team in the league's like we're like i don't know like super smash bros like no one's like playing in the culture and I think playing in the culture again from this perspective is like you start intersectionality and like building and things that like are really cool and different. And like a lot of people that are fans of sports are also fans of comics and culture and whatnot. So it's like, I think it's a really great business move. Um, some at a part of it, it's like, oh, like now we're getting like taking sometimes athletes, it's like, oh, it's taking away from like our sport, but like, is it really like it's, it's your team name? And honestly, like it's how you play it and how you tell that story. Good nuance take. Totally. Do, do you feel like the team? Um, has taken on the the mantle of representing New York, New Jersey. Do they embody the vibes of New York, New Jersey? Or yeah, or yes. oh yeah, okay. Just please tell me. I feel like the girl. It's like we love that we're in this area, New York, New Jersey. It's like interesting that like that's now part of our name. It's like a very long name, but like whatever. <laughs> that's just a mouthful for me. But like to, I think just pairing like we live in New Jersey, play against New Jersey, but like we're like go to. It, very involved with New York City at the same time. I think that's like a really cool thing because that market's huge in New York City. And again, like I was saying earlier, like New York City is just like one of the coolest cities in the world. It's like so influential in so many ways and like so many dynamic aspects of it that it's like that's something to like continue growing into. And again, like if you, in my head, I'm like, if you tell stories on individual players, like what parts of New York do they even vibe with? Like you can go so deep and do so many cool things because like everybody's so different and unique, but like New York's so different and unique. So like you could really get into like that. Where like Jersey, it's like a different culture like it's just like i said i'm not hating on it i think it's great but it's just not gonna like change the world fair fair what would you say is one piece of a rebrand and specifically this rebrand that is underrated or not acknowledged by folks that aren't a part of it that's a really good question um i think i think a lot of times from the outside like again, like it's it's an entertainment company, so like, and, and I'm like, I would say, the way I think about it, it's very like unique. Most of the players are not thinking it's an entertainment company. They're like, I am a person and I love soccer. Why is it not going how I want? Like whatever. But it's like if you like have a, a broader perspective and recognize that, it's like the fans are like, why you're able to play? Like you need to know that and like get in tune with that relationship, and then like like serve that. Like you're adding value to their lives because they enjoy watching it like like go from that perspective and it will always be better um but i do think from the fans perspective there's a very like lack of awareness like it's you know these are people that are like being in it objectified really if we're going to be honest it's like roman gladiators coliseum like being a pro athlete is really cool it's also really 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 hard and your lifestyle is like horrible half the time like it, it's just like not as cool as everybody thinks and whether you're playing women's soccer or you're in the NFL, like it is just rough life, like period, like the demands on you, the expectations, the, and not even like, they're not like normal or logical. They're like crazy. And like, don't make sense. And sometimes you're like, why am I home at 3am? Like what happened? Like, but like, it's just like, that's part of the life of being a professional athlete. So you're kind of just like, like 
there's sometimes like a lot of insensitivity and like lack of grace given to athletes because it's like, oh, they're rude. They won't sign my shirt. It's like, you have no idea what most of them are going through. Like now I'm all of them like have to deal with just even to make it there. And then it continues staying on in, in the professional level of sports. So like, I think that from the outside perspective, we've even just a rebrand or just like what it's like. It's like, oh, like this is great. And I'm like, it's like, cool. Like as an athlete, like learn perspective okay this is a business you're part of the business how do you help and then from the outside it's like cool how can i like recognize our humans and like engage with them on that level versus like oh you're so good it's like honestly like personally i'm like well i'm so much more than an athlete but they're like you're a pro soccer player i'm like yeah i'm also like a daughter a sister like i want to be a wife one day uh, like a girlfriend like whatever like that's like really like i think important to remember that like people are like so much more than just like their thing that makes them like notable i guess and like i think from the outside like fans are like oh, they're mean. It's like, well, they probably had a bad day. They're probably feeling pushed around by their agent and they don't want to be doing what they're doing, but they had to because they made a commitment and they're just trying to survive. So like, and then and then again, if you like understand that, how you engage with them and saying, hey, can I get an autograph? Be like, man, I'm so sorry. You look like you're having a rough time. And then they'll probably open up and talk to you. So then it's like the nuance of like social interaction. Like, come on guys, let's go world. Let's get a little better at being social. So well said. I think a good lighthearted example it's that's all super real and super serious and that's part of the reason that we love doing this is because we get more of the humanity behind the game chatting with players chatting with refs agents um you know coaches owners all that kind of stuff um but the one lighthearted example that jumped to my head was i think it was blake griffin on uh jimmy fallon maybe you're wondering where where is he going with this how could this possibly be connected this sounds horrible it might be um but it's when they were joking about the post-game interview and how like the post-game interview happens right after you've competed your heart out and like worked, you're exhausted, like right after, and you're being grilled on these somewhat tough questions and somewhat like hard hitting rude questions. And you're expected to just go and you're just like trying to breathe. Uh, and I feel like that's a good example of that, that people not recognizing the, the situation sometimes. No, that's so accurate. And that's what like, even so, so then I'm like, like trying to think like what's more macro. So like I'm a, I'm a ESPN reporter and I need to ask the questions and like, I'm sure that rule is always going to need to be there. But like, I am like, how much more cool would it be is if like Blake Griffin's like vlog squad, like is shooting content like live of the game. And then of him walking off him, just talking how he's feeling or just like, even like seeing his body language. And then when he's ready to speak speaks, and then he gets to sign off on like, this is what I want to share. Like every night they're editing. And then you're getting like, a real authentic take that's like i'm sure there's gonna be parts that he's like nobody can hear this but at the same no that's for sure gonna happen because that's just human but at the same time it's like they shared it like in a way that's like going to be able to be consumed in a way that's like not like i don't know like getting treated like an object and i think that's really cool but again like i do think everything shifting is more like the creators period are getting more control more opportunity like even with like something like nfts and like the power is shifting back to the people who create content who build narratives who like write story because like that's what drives like culture and humanity okay i have one last question for you since you're obviously super passionate about this and it sounds like you'd even want to do it yourself and have been creating content yourself if there's one story that you'd really want to tell either in the nwsl or elsewhere I'm going to put you on the spot and ask what that is. Like if you had a camera crew at your disposal and you were kind of directing folks around and wanting to get behind the scenes, either with a particular person or theme, place, activity, anything like that, is there a story you would love to tell? That's a really good question. Because I think there's like a couple of ways to like go with that. Like one, it's like, are you just telling like lifestyle as pro athlete? Like that's like to me more of like a, as you go, it's just like 
happens. Not as much like this is the exact story we're going to tell, but I do think the concept, this is something I've been really actually interested in. And I was talking to a friend um, who does a lot of cool stuff with like sports and culture. And I was telling her my idea and she's like, you need to do this and make this like a generational company, like Coca-Cola is. And I said, okay, what's up? So basically the concept is like unboxable. And I want to like make this piece, like it's a digital piece of art. That's like almost like a, a ballerina, like spinning on a stage that like boxes keep trying to like trap her in, but she keeps like like spinning out of them or like whatever, like smoothly, gracefully, but like very athletically doing. And then in the concept behind it is like humans, like can't really be placed in a box as much as we try to sort of organize and say, you're an athlete, you're a podcaster, you're an advertiser, you're a boyfriend, you're a, you're, you're a, you're a boy, you're a girl. Like, that, like that's not the point. Like, it's like, there's so many like multifaceted aspects of every human. Like, why are we not like giving people space and creating the opportunity for them to grow into that? And like, that's kind of the story. And my friend goes, why don't you make this into like in fifth grade kids are learning about like being unboxable then in like high school. And then like when you're like a young mom raising your kids to like to be who they want to be. And, and if you say, I will say that like with an asterisk within reason, almost is the right word. Cause it's like, I do believe like there's very much right and wrong in the world. And like, there's a base like truth that you can't like run away from like, Oh, like, I'd, I like think the sky's red. The sky's blue. Like that's like one example. Or like, I, I think I can fly. Sorry, gravity's here. 9.8 meters per second. You're still falling. Like certainly there's like universal laws like that, like are the way the world works. Like you can't like just change. It's just not like not possible. But even like outside of that, there's so much variance, nuanceness and grayness that like nobody steps into. Cause they're like, what if somebody judges me? Or what if they, it's like, stop thinking about that. Like go be the person that you want to be. And like, I thought it this is like so dorky, but I was like, yeah, you can call it like anti-boxers, you know, like anti-boxers, like this thing. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm not letting myself be put in a box and I won't put you in a box. Like, let's go design life and see who you want to be and like grow into that. Like, let's try things that whatever you like and you become good at, like go do. So like, that's the story I'd want to tell. I don't know how it would look. I think it'd be sick to have like a, even like a TV series, like children's books and whatnot, but like, that's a, you're going to take a lot of time to like create a story where and like build it up. I yeah. love it. We're doing it. We're, we're Un- unboxable. It. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're in. If it ever ends up happening, you need people to just help, just work on it, you know, for free. Just build out ideas or <laughs> film stuff. Let us know. I would love to. It might be happening in the next six to 12 months. <laughs> we're in. We, I mean, we can do the unboxing. We can do, you know, like, you know, how you do like videos of unboxing. Have you seen the videos where they're like unboxing? Yeah. yeah things like that. You could be, you could do a play on, I don't know, you're unboxing it and there's like a, a human comes out of it or something like that. I think you need a yeah. box within a box within it, like an unlimited Ooh, infinite boxes. Nice. Yeah. Because nice. you're, there's too many there. You can't unbox, you know, you need to unbox folks, but there's not one mm. box. That's like the box, you know? Yeah. It's like, and like, I think have you seen Shrek, <laughs> this sounds silly. Um, have you seen Shrek? Yeah. yeah or yeah. like what? And he's like, he's like, Oh, he's like, a, a, like an onion, like peel back layers. Like there's no end to that really. Like every human's so like, unique interesting fascinating like god made them with like such value and such like beauty it's like why are we so like into tearing everything down like come on guys let's stop doing that and like try to like build and create and understand what's a good way what what, what just end note right there? yeah nice way to just end it i think we just cut it after that yeah i think that that does it that does it i was gonna bring it back to to cali since we started talking new york new jersey i was gonna take you home and ask a question about surfing because it seems like you love surfing and we know nothing about surfing so I was curious, and it ended on a fun note. I was curious, like, do you have a favorite surfing movie? Move, like, what do we need to know? What is the you know thirty second surfing one hundred and one on Cali surfing? Um, okay, great question. Uh, Momentum Generations is a great movie to like understand surf culture, and it runs back. Have you heard of Kelly Slater? Yeah, yeah. Machado, like that whole crew, like it runs back to like how they started, what happened in one aspect. I mean, it's really like this, like really like awesome, like go with the flow concept of way of living but like there's a 
but one kid's mom had a house on the North Shore in, in Oahu, which is where like Pipe is and like all the best, best, some of the best surfing in the world. And they'd have like 30 to 40 kids living there for months, like every summer. So like, it was this culture where like, at the end of the day, like the cool thing about surfing is this individual sport, but the culture of it's so like community and like, like intense and fun and like kind of just like being wild and crazy where like you like egg each other on it's like oh you can't do a flip off the board it's like or you can't get pitted like and then it turns into this like you're having fun with your friends like playing games it's like oh like you can't make this trash into the like trash can like kobe like what like, so like it makes the whole culture of surfing's like that so like it's just like you're gonna be a kid again and like not have all these like pretenses and it's like you're you're in the ocean you're in nature you're probably like getting sandy like you're like out there just like surviving like you can't like be like oh i have to be perfect that's just not even a thing in that sport at all so like something about that's like really attractive to me and like even just like again surfing like it's like you and nature and then like you're learning to read like physics weather science like what's happening like what's the period between the waves like how big is the wave like is there a sandbar is it a reef break point break like there's so many layers to it it's like i have to go learn about nature this is the coolest thing ever and every day i surf it's like the waves are different the setting's different. The weather's different. Like it could be cold, rainy, humid, dry. Like it doesn't, I literally actually, one of my friends yesterday just dropped off two boards. Like he gave me a long board and a short board. And so this weekend, um, I, we have a couple of days off and I'm going to the Hamptons and surf. And I like, can't wait. Nice. And literally my friend goes the boards. He goes, he goes, here you go. And it's the first time I met this person. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. And he's like, and I could not stop like being hyped. And he's like, wow, like you are like, really excited. I was like, I know I'm sorry. <laughs> like a five-year-old I'm like this is the best day ever I can't wait to go like shred this weekend but like it's like so like healthy pure and like like good like it's not there's nothing like I mean there's a culture that can be like people like bully each other and like fight about waves but like you just I don't know there's like that in every environment there's that type of culture if people want to be like that and I'm just like I'm not participating and like you need to chill out feels very connected to a lot of other stuff you talked about today we were chatting about as a group of just like you know being connected mindfulness doing your thing not being put in a box you guys need to come to california or even new york and we need to go surfing it's like the best thing ever have you guys surfed before i've i've ne- i've been near a surfboard i saw one okay once, but I've, one not, time. <laughs> I've seen a video on youtube or yeah so not Did really you guys grow up in chicago i grew up in chicago he grew i grew up in, in connecticut okay Oh yeah, Connecticut. So one day, come to California and I'll take you guys surfing. It's the best thing ever. Hey, and if you come to yeah. Chicago, we'll take you <laughs> to look at some water. You can't surf on it. Maybe they're surfing around here. Maybe we just don't know about it. Is yeah, there? Or Lake we, Michigan? There's, boat, there's good boats in Chicago. Lots of boating. Boating sun. Yeah, Lots of there boating. we go. We'll, we'll go to the playpen. There we'll we take go. you up in the Cali offer. That sounds more exciting. Yeah. So <laughs> Perfect. Anytime. That's for sure. And thank you for chatting with us, Elizabeth. It has truly been really interesting and a lot of fun. And if you're listening, check her out on Instagram, Twitter, uh, check out Swaz House. What else? Help us plug you. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Instagram, Twitter. I'm trying, I'll probably do some YouTube stuff. We'll see. Nice. Absolutely. Well, we'll be watching and hopefully we can chat again at some point. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys so much. Big thanks again to Elizabeth. Awesome chatting with her, getting that NWSL and business entrepreneurial perspective. Check her out on socials, on Instagram, Twitter. Check out Swaz House, the company, the brand she's building. And it's been great for us, hanging out together. We might be recording some other stuff, some other videos, content you'll see on our on our channels. But yeah, final words, gents. It's been a blast here in Chicago. I've, I've very much enjoyed reuniting with the fellas um and this is a great episode great weekend yeah big wins all around this is a great episode elizabeth was amazing um looking forward to hopefully getting to chat with her 
further down the line. If not, maybe, as we alluded to in the beginning, have her on a live stream mm. at some point. Um, but, yeah, great to have Icy in town. Great to be back. I should get the final word. How has sleeping on our couch been? <laughs> Eight out of ten. It's wow. been good. It's been nice. It's a nice couch. You know, when the garage, or when the garage, when the garbage men are outside at four in the morning, then it gets a... It's a four out of ten. Sinks down to four out of ten. Four, four in ten. the morning, four out of ten. <laughs> five out of ten if it's five in the morning, depending on how much sleep you get. Exactly. No, it's been good. It's been great. Very nice. Well, we've loved having you, and we loved having all of you. You know who we're talking about, you. And we'll see you next week. See ya. See you next week. who flicks it into the path. Opportunity for North Carolina. Well struck by Elizabeth Eddy. And the substitute coming on and making the difference.